Welcome to Frameskin. This is a weekly podcast with three, four, sometimes five guys talking about video games. And today being May 27th, as we record this, uh, we're going to start. I'm going to introduce Seth. Seth, how you doing? Well, Coach, let me tell you, uh, I'm, I, I am hanging in there. I am uh, doing real good, real good. Do you want to hear what I'm doing this week? Yes, no. please. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? Yes. Um, I watched The Clone Wars Season 7 this week. And? Didn't like it. Yeah, right. Swear to God, didn't like it. Oh, come on, dude. I've I got do, no one we, person. We won't have the Star Wars conversation now or later because we can talk about Star Wars right now. I'm ready to dive into The Clone Wars. I, I, I did not like Season 7 of Clone Wars. Okay, let's let's introduce introduce <laughs> introduce Austin and then our special guest and then we got some Star Wars stuff to talk about. Okay, so you got anything else, Seth? Before we, uh, I guess, argue about season seven? Um, not really. So I've been playing Elder Scrolls Online a lot lately and Apex Legends, and I've just been screwing around with them. I haven't really felt like playing my PlayStation 4 at all, so I've just been playing on my computer a little bit here and there just casually. Oh, I had um, – so this is a cool story. I had my uh, my buddy who I went to high school with came up from Virginia. He's a captain in the Army Rangers, and we went, we went out and hung out with him all weekend long, shot some guns. He showed off uh, his skills to me, which was extremely impressive, and it, I, I had a good time. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Austin, how we doing? So, Seth, why don't you like Clone Wars seasons? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get into it. Well, actually, it's not that bad, but we'll talk about it. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just kind of chilling out. Um, honestly, not a whole lot going on. Just, you know, same old stuff on my end. How about you, Coach? Well, I finished uh, a Star Wars game earlier this week. Uh, finished Jedi Fallen Order, which we'll talk about in a bit, but it was awesome. Awesome game. Um, and then uh, just finishing up today was our last day of school, basically. We posted grades, so now we get to sit around and figure out uh, what's uh, the next school you're going to be like. So, um, But that's about it with me. Now, we do have a special guest. He has been on, I know, twice, maybe three times. And he he uh, he runs on, the on what on what coach retro modern <laughs> network. Yeah, like have I been on drugs uh, twice? <laughs> He's been on our podcast before, Austin Eller. Okay. I just you know not everyone has listened to the right. retro and modern network podcast, although it is first very time, beloved right? by many people. And we've always had a good time with him, so. Tonight will be no, yes. Okay, so his name is Joel. He runs a Media Glitch, uh, which is a they have really good uh, videos over there on YouTube. And uh, Joel, tell us about yourself. Tell us about what you've been doing. Hmm. Well, thanks for having me on. I should probably kick it off with that, right? Um, it's lovely to be here with you, fine gentlemen. Uh, and. And yeah, uh, Media Glitch. Yeah, well, you want to hear about Media Glitch stuff? You want to hear about movie stuff? Do you want to talk about the Star Wars stuff? As far as Media Glitch, Media Glitch is, of course, uh, we were filming in a TV studio. We're not filming in a TV studio anymore. Um, and uh, we were about to sign another contract to get back on TV. We're on YouTube, of course. All that stuff goes on YouTube. 
And then this whole crazy pandemic thing started. And so now we are, uh, I, over the quarantine process, I've added four, there's an announcement that goes out tonight on YouTube. And it's the announcement of four new, brand new members to the Media Glitch team, which is Radical Reggie, uh, Sarumaru, um, Jimmy from Lots of Games, and uh, John from Intrigue Gaming. And all of them are new, the newest members to Media Glitch. So they're going to be bringing uh, new content. So there's a lot of stuff uh, in the works uh, for Media Glitch. And if this whole thing, if we ever get another, a new normal again, um, we'll see about where we're going to land as far as like being on TV again. So, so um, how, how did you, how did you uh, get started with me? That seems like a very interesting story. You don't, you don't hear many people that take um, nerd talk in their own channels onto TV. How, how did that happen? Um, well, Media Glitch used to be a, a, a show called IQ Review, which is, uh, it's a funny story. Um, I, cause I lived in Mexico for a lot of years in my life. And when I moved to America, I wasn't adjusting well and I just couldn't, uh, I don't know. I, I just felt like out of place and wasn't really digging America. And, um, I was trying to figure things out, you know, and I was, get, I kind of fell into like this depression and a buddy of mine said, Hey man, you know, I know you like movies, you know, uh, you should get Netflix. And I was like, what's Netflix? Like, we don't have that in Mexico, right? We do now, but like, I was like, what's Netflix? And he's like, oh man, you just put it on your like PlayStation three. I was the only console at the time. I think, uh, you put on your PS three and you can watch like tons of hundreds of not thousands of movies. I said, what? That seems like crazy future technology stuff. Glory days of Netflix. (laughs) And, uh, and then so I went home, man, and I signed up for an account, put it on my PS3, put the first episode of The Office, and I was like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in love. And I was like, I love America. And then, like <laughs> I was just like totally – that was it, man. I never looked back. <laughs> and then, nice, nice. Um, so we started to I, – I, and I told – I went back to my friend. I said, man, it worked. I said, there's so many great movies probably people don't know about. I'd like to bring some attention to them, man. And, uh, we thought, and I said, what if I started like this, there's that, you know, YouTube, what if I started a YouTube channel and we called it IQ review for the instant, like your instant cue. And so we started doing that and, uh, we just, we were playing it, you know, we didn't have hardly any, any viewers at all. You know, I think we had maybe, I think we got up to like 40 subscribers, which I, what to me was mind blowing, right? That there were 40 people watching it and, and then um, after a little while, uh, Brian Lee, who helped me start the show, he said, hey, man, I'm done. I'm out. I'm like, what? And he was the editor and <laughs> he was, you know, I knew I was going to take up a big chunk of of work, um, but I wanted to continue. But he just said, you know, I'm done. No one watches this show, but our moms, it's time to like, you know, call it. And I was like, well, I'm not calling it. I'm going to keep going. And I kid you not, the next day, uh, Comcast called me. And said, hey, we've seen your channel on YouTube and we'd like to put it on the air on TV. And I was like, what? You know, Wait, they, they just they just called you up. Yeah. Or sent me an email and and wow. asked for my contact. info. I can't remember exactly how it went down, but I just remembered I'm, I'm on the phone, you know, and um, I was like, sure. And it was just like it was it started out with I would just we continued doing episodes and we started to when we aired them. 
And then um, I started to get a little, a little uh, burnout again. And they were like, well, what if we gave you a studio, like a TV studio and you shot it all in a TV studio? Oh my God. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay. And so, and it was all on a switchboard, so I wouldn't have to edit anything, you know, and save a lot of time because I basically told him I was going to quit me, you know, quit. And it was still IQ review at that time. And, uh, so we, we started to do that. And then they said, you know, man, um, oh wait. And then we, oh, that's when we decided when we went to cable, I think we changed the, uh, name to media glitch. And we expanded because a lot of the movies at that time and in the instant queue were leaving. Like I thought they were on forever when we started the show, but they, they left. And so people couldn't find those movies no more. So I said, you know, I was like, we were starting in the comment section. People were saying, Hey, that movie's not up there no more. I was like, Oh dang, what are we going to do? So I said, you know, what? let's do comics and video games too. So that's when I said, let's just like mix all these media formats. And, and that's how media glitch came about uh as far as the name goes and we started doing that and then uh shortly into the show um comcast called me because there's you know malik was doing video games dominic was doing comics ashley was doing movies and uh and they came to me and comcast and they said hey you know those movies and those comic reviews just aren't no one cares like your audience wants to see garage sale pickups and they want to see video game stuff. And at that time, Ashley had just gotten, cause she, she's, she's into film. She's, she, she's shooting breaking bad and all this and that. Wow. And so she stepped down and then Dominic just had a kid. So he stepped down and everything kind of worked out. And I just converted it all to a video game channel and uh, got a, a whole nother crew. You know, that was when uh, Cody came on a war gamer girl, um, uh, 505 Gamer Girl. I got all these other YouTubers coming. And now it's even expanding more, you know, with Radical Reggie on board now and lot Jimmy from Lots of Games. Like all the, it just continues to grow. Um, and sadly, the network that I was with, after eight years, we were on Comcast and so we had 98,000 weekly viewers. That's amazing, um, dude. That's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing because we don't even have, you know, a tenth of that on YouTube. <laughs> and, you know, wow. um, but it was a, it's different because um, we had to our reviews had to be so long because we had to hit commercial. Hmm. So when it goes to YouTube, there's always this idiot that's like, man, you guys could have said that in like 30 seconds. You guys suck. You know, you know, you guys need to move out of your mom's basement. You guys don't know how to review games. And I'm like, dude, we are on TV and that's what pays the bills. If you think I'm going to cater <laughs> to YouTube, you need to go somewhere. You know what I mean? Um, I said, we got to get to a commercial break. Okay. If I do a review and I don't hit that, like, you know, the eight minute mark or whatever it is that is set in the program so we can go to commercial, like it's going to be just dead air. Like I can't, you know, they don't understand that. They don't get it. So, um, yeah. So, but now that we are on YouTube, we're or on cable. We're more like, you know, formatting a little bit to, to YouTube and their style. So, and we've been growing too, which is crazy. The last, that's amazing. A couple months. So that's a great story. I told you guys, you asked me one question, man, I could feel the whole hour, man. <laughs> no, like, no, that, that, that was that, the short version, story. you know, and, wow. and media glitch has gone through it. If you've seen how many hosts we've gone through, you know, like my co-hosts, 
um, with Joan and everything. And, and, and it's poten- there's potential that Joan would come back. Joan was there from the beginning. She was there for a lot of years and she fell into uh, alcohol addiction pretty bad. And I had to, I had to like dismiss her from the show and I'm not telling you anything. She wouldn't like, we just had our, like, um, I think it was on my birthday episode. She was or my birthday stream. She was on and she said it was time I could share that info because she's been clean for two years or three years now. And so, um, she's, uh, uh, there's the potential of, of her coming back to the show as well. So any fan favorites that might be listening to this, you know, that's a little, uh, well, see, I think, I think when it comes to that, that turns something that is a personal fact that someone wouldn't want to get out into more of a motivational story, right? When someone overcomes that addiction and comes right. back that, that then it's like, okay, well, this isn't something to hide anymore. This is something to be a proud in it of, of an achievement as well. Exactly. And since I already do a road to recovery series, because I was a drug addict for so many years of my life and I've been able to not only get out of that drug addiction, but actually be successful, you know, um, as a film director and as a, as a YouTube content creator or whatever you have, or I even have, you know, I have a drug rehab center for drug addicts and prostitutes to help get them off the streets. You know, there's like 80 people that live in this place 24 hours a day. So, um, to, to think where I've come from, you know, I'm always trying to share that story. And I think having a Joan on, on an, an episode of road to recovery would be a good welcome back to the show. And then she can start reviewing again. You know, that's amazing, dude. That's, that's absolutely incredible. So, yeah, I, I think it's pretty, pretty phenomenal. Um, cause I had, I had seen your, your road to recovery videos. So I kind of knew your history and, um, just kind of hearing your story and seeing where you came from and where you are now, I think it's it's absolutely phenomenal to see um, kind of the the growth you've had. Um, it's very very inspirational. So yeah, I just want to with that series inspire people that there is a better way out and that yep. they don't have to live like in 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 that world. And, and no matter what your circumstances, and and I I can relate to a lot of people, you know, because you know I. I talk about video games, why I love video games so much is because when I was young and I was being bullied, I had no friends. I had my Nintendo and my Nintendo Mm -hmm. was always there. My Nintendo, Nintendo never let me down. My Nintendo never, you know, was like, wasn't, was too busy to play with me. You know, it was, uh, that's why I, I love that so much. And, and I don't, I don't, frown down upon people who have hobbies or they have these things to help them relax in this stressful, crazy world that we live in today, you know, to come home and play video games or come home or play and play magic, the gathering or come home and watch a movie, whatever that is, whatever that, that, that thing is, you know, that brings you comfort, you know, like I, I say, embrace it, you know, and I just want people to know that, um, the love of those things can kind of help you too, to get out of those bad situations. You know, um, sadly I lost, uh, uh, I, I, I would say, um, uh, an acquaintance this, this week. Hmm. I don't know if you guys knew, uh, Dave from the show D Dave. Um, Mm-mm. and he, he, they had a pretty big show and then he left, moved to Florida and, uh, he, he overdosed during the, uh, several days ago. I didn't post anything about it, you know, because I'm not, I don't want to be the guy that's like, Oh, you're trying to, 
I don't know. I just don't want, I didn't want to do that. But he had called me over this last summer and he had watched the road to recovery series and he was inspired because he had been, he had kind of kicked the habit for a while. I thought I stopped up until a couple of days ago. I thought he'd still kick the habit and he was really inspired and he wanted to do that own show. And we talked about collaborating and stuff. And, um, sadly that happens. And, you know, I just want to, with that series, I just want to help people like before that happens, before that situation mm-hmm. where, you know, you just, you take too much one day, you know, or you lose your family or you lose your job. And there's so many people that watch that series that message me. Um, and now they message me on a, you know, monthly basis, a weekly basis. They check in, they tell me how they're doing, stuff like that. And I love it. I love it because I, I just want to, I want people to know that, man, there's a better version of you out there and there's yeah. a better version of you inside of you. And you just gotta, you gotta believe in yourself and, and release that, you know? Well, you know, the importance of your series, because all you got to do is just read the comments and, you know, people are telling their stories. There's, they're writing how important that series is to them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, you're, you're doing something positive for not just your community, but for, you know, I'm sure multiple countries, I'm sure people from other countries are watching these videos. Yeah. I'd sadly, I'd, I wish they were, well, could get more views, but because I think YouTube's algorithm, it sees drugs, it sees drug abuse and stuff. Yeah. It hears those words. So it automatically kind of puts a stop to it. Right. You know, and any growth that that particular series has gotten is because another person has shared it with another, you know, person who's struggling, which is fine. If that's how it grows, that's fine. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not looking to make ad revenue off of that. I'm just, you know, I just, you know, I want it, but I would love it to get into the, the eyes and ears of many more people. So during that time when you started playing and you said that, you know, the NES was helped you cope basically, are there any games that you always went to like your go-to game that no matter how many times you beat it, you, you went back to it. Yeah. It's funny. Cause we just did a, we just did an episode of this on radical Reggie's channel. Um, it was me and Reggie and we we're talking about, um, the, the, those particular games that we always go back to. And my number one, of course, is the revenge of Shinobi. It's the one I go back to all the time. And, uh, it's funny because, um, there's another YouTube channel called Sergio and the holograms just like two days ago, made a guitar cover of revenge of Shinobi. And he said, this is for Joel at media glitch. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, that's awesome. You know, cause people know how much I love that game. Uh, but there's also, you know, um, Golden Axe, there's Altered Beast, there's uh, uh, Mystic Defender, Wonder Boy 3, Rostan, uh, Super Mario 3, Super Mario World. Uh, there's quite a few lists of like, like, you know, especially when I go to cons and I travel uh, and I'm like, I, I, uh, I do have anxiety stuff, you know, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, and so like when I'm just all weekend with a big crowd and I'm shaking hands and I'm meeting people and I come home and I just like, like, you know, my wife knows me my kids know, they just like leave dad alone for a day, let him decompress. And that's what goes in that machine. It's Mario three or it's, 
um, you know, a Revenge of Shinobi or even like newer games. Skyrim is like one that I'm just like, I hang out in Skyrim and I, and life is good, you know, for me. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, man, those are, that, I hope that answers your question. Oh yeah, definitely. So, so where do you see, um, the future of media glitch at? Well, um, once this whole thing, <laughs> if it blows over, right. And, um, I, I think that I see us, uh, back on, on television. Uh, we already have some, some leads, uh, my stage manager, Tommy, who also manages uh, Wargamer Girl on YouTube. Uh, he's been working at, at getting us a deal. And not only that, opening up our own TV studio. Because if, if you watch, there's, there's, a, there's a, a few episodes. If you go back about, go back about 10 episodes on, the, on our channel, you'll see when uh, the studio hands started to fall apart. I, and you'll see I have uh, kind of a I'm, I'm about to melt down on set on live TV. And I did. <laughs> Weren't you um, dressed up as um, sexy Saul? Yes. Sexy Saul. <laughs> so I was dressed up as sexy Saul. We're doing this stuff and I'm just like nothing's going right. You know, and it's like here is this TV studio. There's you got got five people running the video soundboard and everything. You got another three people on all these cameras mm-hmm. and you guys can't freaking cue the music at the right time. You can't cue the video at the right freaking time. And I'm like, I am irate, man. And I'm a per, I'm a pretty laid back, man. I'm a pretty patient guy. But like that week we had gone in three days in a row to film live because it's live TV. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I mentioned that. It's live TV every time. So you got to like, <laughs> you know, what happens, happens, man. There's no, there was no editing. There's no nothing. And we tried to go live three times and they messed it up every time. Hmm. And I am a very, I'm a big respecter of people's time. You know, I say, Hey man, I'm going to, I'm going to start at this time. We're going to end at that time. And I feel really bad if nothing gets accomplished or if, you know, we run late and stuff like that. So all week, these guys have been wasting my time, but most of all, they've been wasting, like, I don't care. Like I'm fine. Okay. You wasted my time. This is my show, but all the people, all the guests, you know, all the guest reviewers and stuff. And I lost it, man. I got so mad and I just quit. I didn't even, I was supposed to come back out and we were supposed to do another show. I was supposed to be Linktino, which is the Latin link, you know, <laughs> um, from Zelda. And I do that. Awesome. I do this character. I'm like, oh, princess, you know, and I do this whole thing, you know, which, you know, I have to I had to put a disclaimer on the first time I ever did that, mm-hmm. you know, because I thought people were going to come in because I look white. When you look at me, I look like a white guy, but I'm, I'm freaking Mexican, you know. <laughs> And that's why I speak Spanish. And that's why, you know, but people, when they look at me, like even when I talk to a Mexican in Spanish, it blows their mind, man. Their jaw drops. They're like, how, how, what, what witchcraft are you doing right now? Like to speak Spanish, you know? And so like, I had to do a little disclaimer because it could come off as pretty racist. You know, some of the things I'm, I say, but, um, you know, Hey man, I'm Mexican, you know, they had to get over it, but I was supposed to come out as that character and I didn't. And I would just like, I cut the camera. You can hear it cutting, but you can hear me yelling at the top of my lungs. And, <laughs> and, and there's cuss words flying out, which I'm not a cusser, but that day, man, 
I put your I, sailor hat on. Dude, I had some creative, juicy words. I was just like, man, even <laughs> that was creative. That was awesome. Whatever that, that I just said, you know, I'm not even a, I'm not even a good cusser. Like, you know, those people when they try to cuss and you hear them and you're like, ah, that dude doesn't cuss right. Like, oh, yeah. You, you are not experienced in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all like mixing them up. You can't, you can't use that word and that word together. I didn't care that day. I was just going off, you know, and uh, it was crazy. It was, it was crazy. And then um, shortly after that, and I just said, I'm done. And we took a break. And I didn't know when I was going to come back and film again. And and then uh, we got the news that um, that 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 channel that Comcast puts on, they had yeah. lost they lost the, the like basically the rights um, mm. to the to that channel. So it wasn't just my channel that got let go. Every channel got let go. So it wasn't like we got canceled. Mm. It's just like all the channels were gone in one day. And so. I was like, well, hey, man, I didn't care. Like, there have been times I've been trying to quit Media Glitch and let that thing die, like, several times. But then someone comes in and, like, like helps me and gets me back up, and, and we do it. So, and I'm feeling really good. <clears throat> this is the best I've ever felt about Media Glitch and where we're headed in the future with the new team and with the, uh, and the people that are on board and what and hopefully getting back onto TV again. And holy smokes, how long was that answer? that oh no No, this is great this is great okay i do want to ask you though um your most recent stage setup was more like a late night tv talk show yes and then you had the one before that which it was like you were in the basement and you had cool posters and you had the couches which one was your favorite oh man that goes back and forth so like we did we started off in this wayne's world kind of set and it was like a brick background there were movie posters and GameStop supplied everything they supplied all the standees we had huge standees and all this stuff and it was really cool and and it it, it really brought a feeling there was a connection with the audience but um and if you turned around if you just turned the camera around you would see three camera people you would see a switcher you would see soundboards you'd see a whole sound editing booth in the back and uh but the, that that place, dude, like it was downtown Albuquerque, and we and the air conditioning was always broken because people would steal the copper wiring, and it was crazy hot in there with all the lights. And we'd fix the air conditioning. The same thing would happen, and there was a bomb that peed outside the door uh, every time. Like we'd have to step over him just to get into our studio. I mean, super nice guy, but he just peed all over the place. Right. And so like, there was just these things that like really bugged me. And so when, um, I feel like every time I quit, they, they opt to Annie, you know? And so I was like, I'm done. I can't work with this. I can't work with this gear. Um, sometimes we'd come in and a camera would be gone. And then we'd hit, we're like, all of a sudden we have a two camera setup, you know, because another studio took it. I was like, I'm done. And then they were like, what if we moved you into a bigger, better studio, which was that insanely nice Jimmy Fallon live studio audience uh, thing, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh. And we went there and it was amazing. It was just like, just another world. But I felt like there was a connection that was lost on the YouTube channel. And, and even in the TV audience, like a personal, you know, 
relationship, that connection that we had with us just sitting on a couch and talking about games. And uh, so it's, it's like, ah, man, you know, I love that connection, but I hated all the stuff that came with it. If, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And uh, the, 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 the YouTube and you know, the, the whole, or the, Jimmy Fallon, that whole like late night show look with that was fun. And the guests loved it. And we had like four, we had three different sets. We could just, it, it just, we could just turn around all the cameras and the lights and boom, you're on a totally different set. You'll see, I had like I retro gamer Tyler on there and we just turn around and we, we, we have like this round table discussion, you know, we turn the other way and we have a whole different set for totally different. Like a whole, I was doing unboxing of horror movies because I'm such mm-hmm. a horror fanatic, you know? So it was, it was really cool, you know, but there was a connection lost with the audience. I don't know what that was about. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. So, well, when, um, when the vaccines given out and everything like that, and this whole thing dies down and we could go back to doing regular things again, are you going to go back and do your, um, you know, your pickup videos again? Because you would pick up the most insane games that I would never think I would be able to find when I go garage sale hunting. Right. Um, yeah, I plan to. In fact, I would recommend everyone once this whole like quarantine lifts, dude. There's everyone has been cleaning out their houses. Everyone's had nothing to do. Those yep. garage sales yep. are going to be insane. And so I'm going to go and hit those all over town. Now, here's the crazy thing about the garage sale pickups, which were the biggest and most popular things on TV um, for us. And I'd be go, and I was finding insane, like, I don't know how many Conquer Fur Days I've had for 25 cents that I've found. It's, it's, Wait, it's insane. the cartridge? Man. Yeah, the cartridge. Oh, good Lord. Or $5 Xbox 360s. And this is when Xbox 360 was the system, you know? Um, just all these like crazy finds and I've had YouTubers like, like Jimmy from lots of games flew out from Napa to here to go garage selling with me to see if it was true. And he found a, he got a boxed mint game boy in a box for five bucks. You know oh what I mean? Oh my God. He got, That's amazing. Uh, and we did this whole, we did it and you can watch his pickup video and he's like, the rumors are true. Joel has this crazy, and I do have crazy luck, man. How's he doing, by the way? Because he had a bad incident with the uh, Santa yeah. Ana winds, and yeah, yeah, the, the, the so the Napa fires, you know, wiped him out. He was a big, um, he was a big collector, but he was a big reviewer for Ubisoft, so they sent him every collector's oh, edition, okay. everything. He had so much stuff. Like my collection now, years of collecting. It just dulls in comparison to what he had there. And the Napa fires uh, took everything and he didn't have insurance, lost everything. And he's probably honestly the nicest guy I've ever met. (laughs) And, uh, um, you know, it was a tough time for him, but he's uh, bounced right back and he's uh, he started collecting it again. And actually, he's like he does a lot of digital stuff now hmm. and i get it like and and i've even moved kind of towards digital as well because i was like man you know if if i got robbed or if yeah something happened yeah. all i have to do is buy a new computer and log into steam or find a place to you know what i mean um so i i started to see because i used to be really like uh digital nah nah forget that you know 
but I've changed my tune. But he's doing he's doing really good. Thanks for asking, and and That's it's good, good to have him on Media Glitch as a Media Glitch member now. I'm excited to see him on there for sure. I I just on a personal level, I remember watching his video on that, and um, I unfortunately also have been through a house fire experience in my life and and lost my possessions as well. And I'll never forget sitting there watching that video of his and kind of seeing the pain of of going through that and kind of being reminded of what I went through and. Um, obviously his collection was drastically bigger than, than anything I had. So, um, it's, it's good to hear that he's, he's doing better. Yeah. And, uh, just, just, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like when I think of when I have a bad day or something, mm-hmm. I always try to put on my Jimmy attitude is what I call it. Yep. Cause he's just like, so he's so like laid back and he's just like, you know what, you know, you know, uh, you know. I guess he has this like, you know, mentality of like tomorrow could be better though. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, God's transparent like, and all this stuff, you know, so it's, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. He seems transparent. Like what you see on the, on the reviews, that's like kind of who he is in life. And I would say in life, he's even more compassionate and more, you know what I mean? Uh, patient and more just like I've known him for years now. And it's just, he can, he continues to, to impress me with how, how decent of a human being he is. And it really sticks out when you compare him to like, it's such a big contrast of what is around the world or around me normally. So, uh, cause I work in Hollywood and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I'm, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus or anything but with names, but I will just say there are some real scumbags and really just <laughs> ugly people that work in this industry. So, but to get back to the answering that question, yes, like the, those, those, those games were, those game pickup videos were getting so popular that it became hard for me to find stuff here because I would literally walk up to a house, a garage sale, and there would be a guy walking past me with a box of games that he just scored at this garage sale. And as he walked by, my, walked by me, he would say, Hey man, I love your show. And I'd be like, Oh God. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he just bought wow. everything. You started and, this. <laughs> oh my gosh. It got crazy because I net when I'm in t- town and I'm like at a store, I, when I get recognized, it's never because of YouTube. It's always because of the TV show. But you know what's what's amazing about that, though, is that I know um, all of us, well, yeah, pretty much how we all started was we all started making YouTube channels or YouTube Mm -hmm. videos. We all met over YouTube. And I don't know if I can speak for these guys, but for me, there must be something in people's brains that like they, they love watching these pickup videos because I know for me personally, my pickup videos always did great numbers no matter what like like mm-hmm. one of my most popular videos on my channel is like this really stupid video of it wasn't even an unboxing it was like a gamestop pickups and i just pulled this this plastic bag <laughs> off of this stuff and i was like oh here's assassin's creed 3 and like like it was just stupid but it did great numbers so there must be something about people that they love watching um people what people get for some reason I don't, I don't know what it is yeah i can't figure it out either they they are they they do great numbers and and I think maybe there's just a connection there. It's like, you know, I don't know. It's it, maybe they, I don't know. I know that um, people who watch the show constantly, uh, this is kind of going to be weird to say, but they think, 
they think we're friends or they think I know them. And mm-hmm. I'll explain this. Like, so I'm, I'm filming in this home one time and, and, and every, and it was a home that they would show. It was for like to sell, but they let us use it. The only thing was, is we had to stop filming anytime they had to show the house. Right. And so, <laughs> so they're like, Hey, we got a new person that wants to see the home. So we, we'd stop filming, take a break. And so I'm sitting there and they're showing the house. And this one guy's just like looking at me and he's like, Joel, I was like, hey, man. And he's like, you know, shaking my hand. And he's like, oh, man, how are you? And I'm like, dude, I'm good. And then I'm just like, who is this dude, man? I have no clue. And then finally, I just like, listen, man, I'm sorry. I'm just going to come out with it. I'm like, I, I'm, I can't remember where we've met. He's like, oh, no, no, no. I watch you on TV. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, man. You know, <laughs> you know? but I think that like those videos are so personal. You know, and they're so like almost like your friend made them, right. you know, and it, and I think that's why people connect with those and they like them so much, yeah. especially the pickup videos, because it's just like it's just like you're, you're you see your friend or some, you know, you know, hey, what did you buy? Oh, dude, that's cool, man. I wish I had that, you know. Yeah, that, that seems to be a common occurrence that you hear over and over again, that story of um, people watching YouTube content and getting a personal connection with um with with the, with the content creator i know the first one that comes to my mind um and this might obviously be for different reasons um uh, but jessica negri i'm sure you, you you know who jessica negri is are you asking me yeah because i would say no <laughs> okay well Je- jessica negri um is like this this cosplay model girl right but she used oh, to make okay. like these these really funny videos of all the stuff people sent her in the mail and she would unbox them every day but one, one time she came on and she's like hey guys please stop coming to my house. <laughs> like yeah. people, people were just showing up at her house. I, I guess her, her uh, address became public at one point, but she, she, she had to go on, on her YouTube channel and be like, please stop coming to my house and like trying to talk to me and like meet me. <laughs> it's just like, wow. I can't imagine ever like seeing someone on YouTube or something and be like, Oh wow. They live 45 minutes away. I'll drive over and say hi. <laughs> like that. This is not something I can, I can register with, but it's, it does seem to be like, there's some sort of personal connection that people get from watching your YouTube content. And I understand that too, because if you watch someone long enough, you, you kind of feel that connection with them. But I would never, I would never just be assume that I was someone's friend and, or knew them just from, just from watching their content. Yeah. I can't imagine how like real YouTubers, I'm not a real YouTuber, you know, I, I, yeah. I our, my, our channel's not very big, but like people who get into the, like the million subscribers, 2 million, like that's a different level of like, stuff you have to worry about too you know yeah and uh yeah i don't need any of that i'll take the million subscribers but i don't want all that <laughs> just just recently uh there was another uh couple uh meg turney and gavin yeah. who, who does rooster teeth someone broke into their house and tried to kill them because of something she said she said about something like not liking xbox or something like that and this dude was like an xbox fan and he broke into their house with a gun and and, and tried to kill them and so that was that was a big story that blew up and she disappeared yeah. on the internet for a while and Props to her for even coming back, dude. I feel like if something that happened, something like that happened to me, I'd be like, I, I'm done with this. Like, I can't do this anymore because they both have enough money to live forever. For, for, I mean, I'm sure Gavin's got to be a millionaire at this point. So, yeah, I feel like I, I don't think, I don't know if I'll ever get to that type of status or media glitch will, because like with this cancel culture uh, that we have nowadays, and I and the amount of stupid stuff I say, I think that uh, 
eventually it would just probably backfire on me and everyone would leave <laughs> if, before we I, we hit a million subs. Or yeah, something. true that. True that. It's a, it's a big problem. Well, before we move on, please tell us the story, okay, of the lady and the Nintendo DS. I think it was a DS. It was a red one. Tell us the story <laughs> about your experience with her because – I could hear this story once a year for the rest of my life, and I would be happy hearing it. So this is a this is a video, right, that you're referring to on our show. When I go, I went. Um, I'm trying. I'm going to try to remember um, the uh, the whole story. But I went up to a garage sale, and this lady was uh, selling up stuff really, really cheap. And I remember. There was a, another lady. Um, she was heavier set, and she was standing right next to me. And I had picked up this DS, that red DS, I think. And I said, "How much for the games?" And she and the lady's like, "Oh, twenty-five cents each, like that." And at that moment, this lady like belly flops <laughs> onto all these games, just like. <laughs> And I mean, I mean, she was so big. She she got the games and everything else that she, that lady was selling when she <laughs> sat there. She was just like, "They're mine!" She's like going crazy, and I'm like, "Wow, lady, like take them, okay? Like I'm not, you know, I'm not ready to like lose a limb over that. Like, like I was afraid she might just bite it off, you know." <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and I, can't, I I mean, I think I walked away, but and I think there was a pretty good game in the DS if I remember. Um, that was pretty awesome. And I got that. I think she sold me that DS for like 50 cents, which would, when DSs were like pretty expensive. So I think that's the rest of the story. I might've coach might remember other details. No, that's it. That was it. <laughs> but like, I was like, like this that's is getting awesome. out of hand. That, and that was right around <laughs> the time where I, I was, I started to complain on the channel. I'm like, I can't do this anymore, guys. Like, I know you guys are watching it, but your guys are, you're taking everything. You know, and then the and that, and to, to top it off, the retro scene was growing big time. Um, you know, oh yeah, it really so it got out of control there for a minute. It wasn't just me; it was like you know, like um, you know, the game chasers were making videos, and and um, you know, all these other um, retro liberty, retro liberty, Scott yeah. Squatch, and I'm friends with all these guys, but um, you know that that we're all just kind of like making it worse for ourselves, you know, um. Except for Scott Squatch, that dude still scores like crazy stuff, man. Holy smokes. All right. So before we, we, we talk about Star Wars, there's a question I've been meaning to ask you. And it's something I talk about with my friends, but it's I want you to put on your developer hat or your, your director hat. Sorry. Okay. All right. So for those of you that don't know, Joe's a director. Okay. Now, back in, I think it was the late 60s in Southern California, there was a group of directors and they kind of started a movement, right? It was Spielberg, right. it was Scorsese, Lucas, um, and Stanley um, Kubrick. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick and then Francis Ford Coppola, right? Yeah. So, and they kind of like were a fraternity and they kind of helped each other out along the way, right? Right. Now, with the way that things are going with Netflix, right? And streaming and stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you ever see something like that happening where there's a bunch of young directors 
and it's a small pack, but they just make incredible content. Well, I see a lot of talented young directors out there, right? I do, but to, to, I don't think we'll ever see that again, where like there's a uh, collaboration of so many directors coming together and supporting each other, mainly because a lot of young people, directors coming up are very arrogant. And so, um, and not all of them, but a lot of them are just like, and the, and the industry itself has turned into like this, like, um, it's cutthroat, you know, everyone's out for themselves, but I could see like maybe, you know, two or three directors, you know, coming together, um, making awesome stuff, you know, and I think there are collaborations out there. Um, Netflix just recently, I posted on Twitter, you know, they're, they're here now and I've been to their studios there that, um, in Albuquerque. And, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens. I know, um, I, I saw way different attitude. Like in Mexico, I feel like that's what it was. Like, um, you know, I sat on the, the, uh, film commission for years, um, in Mexico and all these directors coming together and we all talked about our projects and we were helping each other out and Hey, Oh, you should look at this and you should do this and do this. And then when I came to America, it was like, Oh wait, you are a threat. Like you might get the job and I won't, you know? And mm-hmm. so, um, I don't know. I, I, I would hope that, you know, cause I'm always, I'm always helping people out, whether you're a YouTuber or a producer, an editor or whatever, I'm always, I'm always like, how can I help you fulfill your dream? That's something I love. That's something I'm passionate about. And I feel like there's a lot of untapped talent and, and there's people out there that, that could do so much more. Uh, like for example, I just got a call. I just got a call, man. And it was, um, like a lady who kind of runs a film commission here. She's like, Hey, we're setting up a team, 48 hour film festival. I want you to direct. And I said, no. And I say it every year to a different person. I don't want to like, I can get a movie made, you know, I write a script. There are people who believe in me for some odd reason. <laughs> they, they, they can't, they'll give us the, me the money and I can go make a movie. I can do that. I I've got uh, just a ton of work behind me. And so they know I, I'll get the project done. I said, why would I take that chance from a, a young filmmaker who has a dream, who hasn't yet shot his first feature film? And I always decline. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to do a 48-hour film festival. I'm not going to do a short film festival. I'm not going to do these festivals because I want these people to succeed, you know? And if we could get a bunch of people that have that same mind and that same attitude, maybe we could see what we've seen back then again. Well, well do you think in order to have success in the big, you know, the big screen that it has to be a comic book movie or star Wars, like, um, Nowadays. Was, yeah, because remember what was it like a year or two ago? Uh, what was it? Bird box with, uh, Sandra Bullock. All right. Right. That yeah. didn't release in the theaters that just dropped on Netflix, but I, hated that movie. I enjoyed it. But the thing is, is, it got a lot. I mean, like it was popular, right? right? I don't think it would be as popular if it was in the theater. 
you know, and I'm just wondering if Netflix is going to be more of these lower budget, but really thought out movies. And then this, the big screen is going to be your Marvel Avengers, your star Wars, stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I'm, that's just me on the outside looking in. It's, it's hard to say because um, I really don't, I don't think it's Netflix is going to be the change. Like the, the, the thing that changes that I think it's going to be what we're going through right now. Um, like theaters are shutting down. Um, there's, you know, people are, are changing the way, like people who never streamed a movie or rented a movie before are renting movies like crazy now online and like trolls too, or whatever it is. Yeah. It? yeah? Like made yep. ton of money and they would never have made that money in the theater. But because of the quarantine, everyone's stuck at home and people are starting to realize, whoa, I got this like 75 inch screen TV and I got these speakers. I can just rent this movie and and, and the, the theaters and the, the movie producers are like I, we can put it out there now. We know people will rent it for twenty dollars, you know, and 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 I think the audience is like, oh, yeah, I could stay at home, watch this movie. I don't have to deal with the dude you know, kicking my seat behind me and the kids screaming to the right of me and the guy right. chewing popcorn to the left of me. Like, I, I, you know, I think like the situation that we're in is, is really going to change things. Dude. Like, you know, um, I just recently got the, the, like the lion's gate, like rule book of what has to happen on set now just to keep things sanitary. And I'm just like, man, dude, like production for movies are, is going to go way up. Like the cost of it in that aspect. And I don't, you know, I think that what you're saying is right. That like, it's going to be the Marvel movies and the Disney movies that are going to be in the theater and everything else is probably going to be on Netflix. So, um, yeah, but I mean, it's time, it's hard to tell right now, but you know, it looks like that might be the case. Because was onward, was that the first movie that was slated for a theater, but, was just released because that no, was, I think uh, it was Trolls Two, yeah. Because okay. Trolls Two was so successful, and I don't know if they've pulled back on this, but AMC, like the theater company, said that they would not be screening any Universal movies moving forward because of how successful that movie was digitally. That's a guess. losing battle right there, man. That they were very upset battle. by that, yeah. So, and that um, could all backfire. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, I, I think I mean, it will. I mean, like. It, you're, you're quickly becoming irrelevant. Why would you choose not to sh- like, like, like yep. you know what I'm saying? Like you, there's no better way to make yourself irrelevant than just be like, Hey, one of the biggest movie producers in the world, we're not streaming your movies. Go watch them at home. Everyone's like, yep. okay, well we'll, we'll take that. That's just not, that's not a good move for them. Yeah. And who knows if they'll stick to that. And you know, I haven't really followed that story, so I'm not really sure if anything else has changed with that, but I mean, just on a personal note, um, in the last few years, aside from, you know, like the big Marvel Star Wars movies, I think those are always kind of a fun experience um, in the theater just because usually the audience is pretty lively. But like, um, I don't know, I guess a good example, and I guess this was a Marvel movie, but when we went and saw Black Panther a few years ago, um, I'll never forget there was like this obnoxious guy um, just like shouting the whole time. And he was like a few seats away from me. And I was like, okay, well, I just spent $15 to see this movie and I can't understand half of what's going on because this guy over here. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, like I am not at all opposed to 
yeah, let's just, you know, get all our movies at home. Um, I'm not opposed to that at all. And if you got enough friends, what's $20? Yeah. You know, we all watch it at our home, you know, and we can pause it and go pee when we want it. We don't have to miss anything. And I'm interested to see what happens. Um, well, not next month, but July. I mean, we're almost in June. But Mulan drops in July. And it's still slated to hit the theaters. So it's not going to, man. There's no way. Like people aren't going to go back to the theaters. Yeah, I don't, that's I don't what think I'm Disney's gonna make I think Disney's smart enough to not make that decision. Well, they already did it with Onward. Like yeah. they just put it on Disney Plus. Yeah. You know, like I was like, what? That's on Disney Plus? That was like a great <laughs> move for them because I don't even know how many subscriptions they got that day once the news got out. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward for sure. I'm I'm like curious. I think the the big title I'm curious to see what happens with obviously is is uh, Black Widow because I think that's pretty much their biggest film uh, moving forward just because of how big Marvel is. And um, I'm curious if that's like a digital only or if it's not, then we'll see. Well, I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I kind of feel as though the two-hour movies are starting to lose their hold as the premier way of uh, on-screen storytelling, especially with with higher-quality shows like uh, the Netflix Marvel shows, Game of Thrones, um, Breaking Bad. Like These really high-quality shows have come out in the last few years with these amazing story, long-form stories that you can get really invested in. And now I I, I kind of view movies as I'm like, okay, this is going to be a fun bite-sized experience, but... You know, I, I wish it was longer. I wish I could get invested in this world and these characters. Um, that's why, like, I think, you know, The Mandalorian probably would have been a decent movie. But I'm so, so glad it was a TV show because I, I loved The Mandalorian. I loved being able to be excited every single week when that came out and sitting down and watching it sometimes, you know, at midnight or whenever, whenever I got off work. Mm-hmm. And it gave me something to look forward to. And it was uh, an experience that lasted I don't remember how many episodes it is, but at least two months, right? And um, and it was something that we could all talk about consistently. And when when a movie comes out, it's like, hey, did you go see you know Avengers last weekend? Oh yeah, I thought it was good. And that and, that, and that's it. Then you move on and, until it comes out for four months or whatever, or on DVD or I guess Blu-ray. Now no one buys DVDs anymore. Um, but yeah, man, like like I'm I'm way more into TV shows now than I am movies. Like I, I honestly I really don't care that much about movies anymore. But when you know when, when I hear the new Star Wars show is coming out. Like I cannot explain to you guys how excited I am for the Obi Wan Disney Plus show. Like oh, that, yeah. that, that is the thing that I'm looking at the horizon, just being like, that's gonna be so so awesome. Well, that's good Maybe. to hear. As, since... long as, as long as you know they don't screw it up, which they could. I hope everyone shares that uh, same sentiment. Since I'm like now, I'm going into a TV show and not a feature film. Uh, I think project. I think they do. I think they do. We got a little, little news drop there, huh? Well, and and you're right, Seth. I mean, what would you rather do? Have a two-hour movie every three years that you know continues the story, or get twelve hours over you know every year. You know, I mean, it's it's different now. The storytelling's different, and you can you can spend those twelve hours focusing on the little moments that make characters yes. great. And in, in, in a two hour movie, I just feel like you, they, like there's character development, and it's so expertly crafted because we've been doing it for a hundred years now. But like when you when you expand that over a long whole season, now all of a sudden you can really get attached to these characters. You can really get invested in these characters. You know, like 
Jon Snow's story in Game of Thrones is amazing. But in a two-hour movie, or even six hours over three movies, right, you're not going to get that invested in that character because he really doesn't do a whole lot for the first three seasons. You know, that's just the way it goes. And I think that's why, and we'll go to Star Wars for a bit, I think that's why the Clone Wars animated series really showed who Anakin Skywalker was. And now when you go back and watch episode three, it is a tragic story. It is a tragedy. It finally makes sense. Episode three finally makes sense because they fixed it with the Clone Wars. Yes. Because well, they just added to it. I mean, like they they put depth into everything that was happening right. into episode three. But when you when you went from episode two to episode three without the Clone Wars, it didn't make sense. Anakin's character development did not make sense because all of a sudden, I mean, we knew we knew it had to happen, right? Because we had seen the original trilogy. But in the prequels, in my opinion, the biggest problem with the prequels, you know, not counting all all the the weird like like stuff they threw in like Jar Jar Brinks and whatnot, which didn't really bother me as a kid. Now as an adult, it does. But the, the, the biggest problem I had with the prequels was that in episode two, we saw a little bit of darkness out of Anakin, right? But then in episode three, he just completely flips the script halfway through, well, three quarters of the way through the movie and starts killing kids and whatnot. And we're like, I don't, we, why would you do this? Like, you, you know, the Jedi were your friends. The Jedi were the good guys and you were a good guy. And, the other thing that didn't make sense about Anakin's arc was that we saw him get promoted to the Jedi Council. Well, in in in, in viewership time, we hadn't even seen him become a Jedi Knight. I, like I went into Episode Three still thinking Anakin was um, Obi Wan's apprentice. They they they, ne- they never explained that part of the story. But in the With Clone Wars, just one line of dialogue. Yeah, in in the Clone Wars. We see that whole evolution happen. Why Anakin didn't trust the Jedi Council. Why he lost trust in the whole Jedi teachings. And it really expanded upon his character. And in my opinion, fixed the prequels. I think if you watch the prequels and you're a Star Wars fan. And don't watch the Clone Wars. At least the arcs that you're interested in with the characters you care about. Because apparently that that's the whole the way the Clone Wars is supposed to be watched. I, I was reading an article about that. They wanted to make it so that you could just watch the arcs of the characters you care about. Um, if you don't at least indulge in that, you're really giving yourself a disservice as a Star Wars fan. And I know fans that don't do that because like, oh, it, it's a kiddie show. I don't like, I don't like the animation, but they don't give it a shot, you know? And I, I really think that cl- the Clone Wars is the best thing Star Wars has put out in the last 30 years. I, I truly believe that. I still have to watch it. Oh, you haven't watched the Clone Wars yet? No. Oh, highly recommended, man. Highly, highly <laughs> I, I, in my head. Yeah, I know. You shake your head when you come to my house and you, and you, <laughs> and you find out I haven't watched it yet. I, I've started it. Is that a good – that's like – Well, so started it. In, in my opinion, it, it is. The thing with the Clone Wars is that the first season, in my opinion, is kind of a mess. Like it, it, it sets the general tone yeah. of the series. It's a slow burn. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's an extremely slow burn, but – like I said, the, the way they built the Clone Wars to be watched was through arcs. And they're usually like like three, like, I would say like between two to four episode arcs. And you watch the ones that you are that you care about and that are invested in. In fact, the show doesn't even go in chronological order. No, like, it the, doesn't. The, the show is completely out of order. Strange choice. I don't know why they decided to do that. Um, but the way you're supposed to watch it is, you know, you go through I guess it's Disney Plus now. It's not Netflix anymore. But you go through Disney Plus, and you're like, oh, this arc's about Mace Windu and Jar Jar going to Naboo. Real arc, by the way. And um, you can just skip that one. 
if, unless unless you, you're into those characters. But you know, I, I mainly focused on you know Anakin, Obi Wan, Ahsoka, who is by the way the best developed character in all of Star Wars at this point, except for expanded universe Luke, who's not canon anymore. But yeah, let's talk about season seven since it just came out. I, I just finished wrapping it up, and you wanted to know why I didn't like it. Okay, so first, I mean, like, go ahead. You you talk first, and then I'll I'll. Uh... So I, can I say, can we try to avoid spoilers if it, if possible? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm okay. not going to spoil but it. But Vader mean, breakdancing was the best part. <laughs> I mean, there's not really any spoilers to have. Like there's only one way this, the yeah. show could, that this season could have possibly gone. No, I, of course. Yeah. So, but, um, the reason I thought season seven of Clone Wars was a blunder was because it wraps the entire clone the, the entire clone war show up in a nice little bow and it, it follows the entire theme of the show like i just said before there is awesome awesome arcs of the clone wars awesome ones and then there's other ones that are just like nah, eh, not that great and then the clone wars also does this thing where it does this amazing job with character development right so here's why i don't like clone wars season seven is because of all of those reasons Everything that I just said happens in 12 episodes in the Clone Wars. There's new characters introduced in the first arc of the Clone Wars, uh, season seven, that are really, really awesome and fleshed out. Um, who I'm, uh, I'm obviously talking about uh, the Bad Batch. Um, it's Squad 99, right, Coach? That's their number? Yes. Yep. Squad 99. Um, these characters are so awesome, and they're just introduced in, in season seven, and they last four episodes. When you have 12 episodes to, to fill out a whole season, not the time to introduce new characters. And, you know, like like, like last se- the last season of a show, you wrap everything up, you know? that That's my biggest problem. Well, one of my biggest problems with uh, season seven. I love the Bad Batch, by the way. They're great. They're great characters. They were super cool. Not the time to introduce them. My biggest problem, though, with the show is the second arc, which is Ahsoka's four episode. I mean, really, Ahsoka gets eight episodes, but Ahsoka's four episode arc uh, in the center of the, the the season, which I thought was unneeded, unnecessary and boring, to be perfectly honest with you. We didn't need four episodes of Ahsoka joining these characters and who, who by the way, are completely irrelevant. These characters are probably never going to be seen again in Star Wars. And those four episodes just seemed like filler to me to set up the real story of season seven, which was the final four episodes, which are incredible, by the way, incredible. But I think if I was watching this week to week, which was the way it was released, you know, um, over 12 weeks, I just would not have cared for the first eight of them. Like I, I, I would have been interested in the first four, but to be perfectly honest with you, the second four episodes I think are, okay at best and bad at worst. Like I, I just don't care about those four episodes. And when you've got 12 episodes to wrap up the best property in star Wars, why would you spend four of them introducing new characters and four of them wasted on a story that no one's going to talk about ever again? You know, that being said, the last four episodes of um, the last four episodes of the Clone Wars are absolutely insane, and I loved every second of it. That's my whole. That's my whole review of the Clone Wars season seven. Okay, so here's my take. All right, um, the first four episodes with the Bad Batch that was fun. That was like 
one of my all-time favorite games, Republic Commando, right? Just going all out, you know? And uh, yeah, I, don't disagree. Anakin, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. Right. Now, that was a story that they put together previously. Okay. So they wanted to they wanted to bring that into this last season. Then you have that middle part. And I get where people are, they don't like it. But remember, Star Wars is for everybody, right? So not every story is going to be deep. You are going to have the Ewoks. You are going to have Jar Jar. So yeah, we had this, this, there was action in it too. I mean, there was action, but it wasn't, it wasn't what we were expecting, but I could go back and watch it and I'd be like, okay with it. Right. And then the last four is the best thing that Filoni has ever done. I agree. Um, no, 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 I actually don't agree. I think season, the end of season two of rebels is better, but yeah, it's really, it's really high up there. I think they work hand in hand because at the end of season two, that's what makes this so emotional when you see Ahsoka and Anakin together, right? Um, when you know what happens. So I'm okay with how the season went. But what I'm thinking is, are we going to see more Bad Batch stuff in the future? I think we could, you know. Um, we, we, don't, we don't know what's on the horizon because the animated department's not going to stop doing stuff. Resistance, it was a... It was, it was a test. I heard it was it a was flop. A, I heard no one liked it. I, I haven't watched it. I was excited for it because for me, I love the Disney animation. Not mm-hmm. the three. I mean, I, I, I'll go with the Pixar stuff, but the 3D animation, the Lion King, the mm-hmm. Mulan, that type of animation, just it. I love it. Right. I love it. And so when I saw that they were doing that animation for Star Wars and it's basically Rogue Squadron. Okay, I'm I'm down, right? And then you had the main character who was goofy, who was a mixture of Jar Jar and um, you know, I don't know, but it was that was more for kids. That was literally more for kids. Right. Um, and uh, so we don't know what's on the horizon, and we don't know how much time they were able to put into it because they're doing the Mandalorian, so they have a lot of things going on. And I know, I'm sure. You know, I don't know, but I'm thinking that Filoni, he wanted to end it with those four episodes. So he focused on that, you know. Yeah. Um, well, they were great. They were amazing. Yes. And and for those that have not seen it, do yourself a favor and just go through these next this next month watching The Clone Wars, watching Rebels, and then watching season eight. And here, here's the thing. I, I want people to hear this because it's really important for, for, for people to hear this, I think. The Clone Wars is not a child-centric show. It's a, it's a show that unfortunately started airing on Cartoon Network, but it is for the fans of Star Wars, and, and kids can watch it at the same time. Like it, th- That show has themes that get really, really dark. I mean, like... I mean, like as, as when the show as, as the further show goes on the darker and more serious it gets because you're getting closer to that season three or, or that that episode three era where things are really dire for the Jedi and and you know there's a lot of really interesting battles that happen and people that die and I mean I think 
what is it, Coach? It's the first episode of season seven. Rannikin just straight up kills somebody in in the chamber. He, he he impales him with his lightsaber, and I'm like, I forgot that they did stuff like this in the Clone Wars because Rebels, of course, not yeah yeah Rebels, of course, they toned it down a lot. Um, and, and they went from a PG to a G show, but. Clone well, they Wars. were still killing. I mean, stormtroopers were still getting blown up. And, yeah, and, but the, the, the way they filmed it, it was different. You didn't see people right. getting impaled with a lightsaber, so it was it was pretty cool to see that. Um, Clone Wars season seven, though, like like I said, the ending, the last four episodes, I think they, they probably could have just made you know that, and I would have been happy with it. But you know, I watched it all, and I, I never hated what I, what I was watching. I was just like, ah, oh, geez, how many more episodes of Ahsoka running around with? I think the girl's name was Glitch, and and are, are, are we going to get, you know? Um, but, Joel, have you watched Rebels at all? Nope. Okay. Um, <laughs> definitely definitely watch... At, yeah, I'd say Rebels is also necessary, but understand that like what people, I think, think Clone Wars is, is what actually Rebels is. It's more child-friendly. It's it's a, it's a, it's a little less story-driven, but there's still really great characters. Edra Bridger, Edra, Edra, Ezra Bridger is my second favorite Um uh, character in Star Wars now. Um, he's he's really awesome, but... Now, there are rumors, you know, that the next big TV show might be, you know, them looking for Ezra. So, it, it has to be. There, there's a yeah. giant unresolved story there. And, and like, I think Dave Filoni, and I think Disney knows this too, Dave Filoni excels at what what he does, which is this, these animated shows that are both really, really amazing. Um, you know, he he's taken... Two no-name characters in Ahsoka and Ezra, and you know even even more than that with, with like Kanan, um, Mando, Mando, and he has made them into fan favorite characters. I did not like Ahsoka at the beginning of the Clone Wars. I thought she was annoying, but the more you sp- the more time you spend with her, the more you see her grow. And I think by the end of the, by by season seven, I just looked up. She's eighteen years old. I had no idea that she she was eighteen in episode three. Um, and and you just see how powerful she is, you know. You know, I'm I'm not gonna spoil the final fight, but what I will say is finishing the Clone Wars inspired me to jump right into the Ahsoka novel, which I'm reading right now. I'm about halfway. It's through. amazing, isn't it? It's really good, man. It's really yeah. really good. And um, I, I think it. You read it, Coach? Yes. Yeah. Um, so far it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. And the one thing I do think is weird is the beginning of the Ahsoka novel and the end of season seven don't line up. So there, there, there was a little bit of retconning that happened there. Yeah, there was. Um, especially in the way that her, her fight on Mandalore happened. But um, yeah, it's really, really good. And I'm excited to finish it and see how that goes. Now, now, Joel, I, I, th- I remember someone saying you're a huge Star Wars fan. I am, um, but I haven't watched the, like that kind of animated stuff yet. So, but I'm Have assuming you watched the Mandalorian? I was gonna ask. Oh yeah, for sure. What did you think of the Mandalorian? I love it, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's like the greatest thing made since the original. You know what I thought was really amazing with the Mandalorian was um, that we got Episode Seven, which sort of felt like old school Star Wars. You know, because like it, there, there, there's always the big joke about how like Episodes One through Three, the technology is actually better than Episodes Four, Five, and Six. Which doesn't make any sense. But Episode Seven, in my opinion, did feel a little bit like Four, Five, and Six. However, The Mandalorian, I thought, felt exactly like Four, Five, and Six. They did an amazing job 
um, with how that show was shot and and, and just the, the, the general feeling of of how it related to the end of episode six, I thought. Yeah, and I think they 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 just they achieved something pretty amazing, and in the Mandalorian, which is to have your protagonist, like to be able to sympathize with your protagonist. Oh yeah. And you can't see his face. Yeah. You can't see his eyes. You can't see the emotions. And a lot of that is through baby Yoda, of course, yep. which is a clever way of doing it. But, um, you know, you're just, you're man, it does. It feels so much like the original trilogy. If it, 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 it has that same, I don't know what it is. The world feels right. Like, uh, like Phantom Menace that that just didn't feel right. I know it's supposed to feel newer and uh, you know, Empire and all that is supposed to feel lived in that where I felt like Mando, man, they just did it right. That's just everything's so good on that show, man. Now let's go around real quick before we get out of here because we are get to that point. But I know this is turning into a Star Wars discussion, but That's fine. <laughs> everyone go around and tell us, what are you looking forward to with Star Wars in the next three to five years? Like, what is it that you're excited for? Who wants to start? Our I'll guests. Go. I'll go. Okay. Oh, just, just kidding. Not your guest. <laughs> I'm honestly most immediately, and I know it's right around the corner, so maybe it's kind of obvious, but honestly, Mandalorian season two sounds phenomenal based off of all of the characters that we know are going to be in that show. Um, we, I don't know that it's been entirely confirmed. I know there were rumors going around that Rosario Dawson was going to be playing Ahsoka. It's confirmed. It's confirmed. confirmed. It, it is confirmed. Yeah. Okay. So that I know Boba Fett is a thing. Um, it's just, it sounds like they're really giving a lot of these things that people were maybe expecting from season one. I guess it, at least with Boba Fett, um, I thought that I know there were a few times people thought he was there and he wasn't, but, um, I just I'm I'm honestly excited to see where things like the Mandalorian go, where it's these new characters, um, how they kind of tie in with, you know, the world that we we know and and clear up some some plot holes, some some dark spaces where we don't really know what happened for again like Boba Fett, like Ahsoka, and these. That's Dave. That's, that's Dave Filoni being king, dude. Like there yep. there's a really there's a really good series on Disney Plus right now of. Um, so it's, I forget the name of it. it I, I'm sorry. I apologize for that, but it's, um, all these creators sitting down around a table talking and mm-hmm. Dave Filoni is talking about how he referred to George Lucas and how he talked to George Lucas about all these things. And he really seems like he gets it, man. Like he gets it mm-hmm. in a way that Kathleen Kennedy does not get it. And the weird thing about how Disney has treated star Wars, cause I think we can, I think we can all agree that episode eight is a blunder which is like very controversial. I'm not sure why, but that's, that's a very controversial thing to say. And episode nine was as good as it possibly could be because of what they got. Right. And yeah. I think that Dave Filoni gets star Wars in a way that Kathleen Kennedy just does not get it. She doesn't get it, but Dave Filoni does. And, you know, he takes all these concepts like Boba Fett surviving, which I think if he's in Mandalorian, we can all assume that he survived the Sarlacc pit, um, right. yeah. which he did in the expanded universe. And, um, bringing Ahsoka into it and whatnot. It, it's going to be something right. to behold, man. It's going to be really exciting. What I'm most excited for is, um, number one, the Obi-Wan show, which I think mm-hmm. could be amazing. We, we get six episodes of Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan Kenobi, which I think everyone agrees is one of the best parts of the prequels. Yep. And 
Um, we get to see what he did on Tatooine all that time. And hopefully, I can't spoil it. I can't spoil it. There's a, there's a moment in Rebels that happens that I think would be amazing to see, see in live action. Um, but the other thing I'm looking forward to is the sequel to Rebels, whatever that is. Because I think what, what has to happen is we get Ahsoka, Ezra Bridger, um, Thrawn, all, all these great characters together um, in, in the Outer Rim, which is like such an unexplored territory. Um, and I'm really, really excited to see what they do with that, char- with, with that show because, man, Dave Filoni developed the hell out of Ahsoka and Ezra Bridger, and he crafted this amazing story in Rebels with them. And I cannot wait to see how their story ends with that nice little bow. Because we heard them, in episode, we heard them in episode nine when they're speaking yeah. to Ray. So I cannot wait to see how that turns out, man. I'm so excited. And the thing is, is <clears throat> I wonder if 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 Filoni and Favreau are going to use an episode as a jumping off point to start that series. I would hope so. I would love that you know, because you got Sabine, who's a Mandalorian, and you got Mando, right? Right. So I don't know. I I hope that. With season two, they're using it to springboard that whole story, you know, that whole story arc right there. If not, put it in books or comics or something. I don't right, know. Right, right. But you gotta you have to address that. Right. I am I am interested to see what they do for a for feature film in the future. I don't know. Dicey dicey. Yeah. <laughs> if we ever get a Vader film, but yeah, I would that'd be love nice. to see that. And then, uh, of course, season two of uh, Mandalorian would, is is awesome. Uh, I can't wait for that because that I had such a good time with season one, which I've watched now probably three times all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's just it's so good, it's so well done. And at first, I wasn't. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't. I knew I liked it, but I was, it was the score was really weird uh, for me. And uh, now, like the score is like one of the things I love the most. Well, what was <laughs> weird about it for you? It's just I loved it, was, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I do. I love it too now. But it was very, um, it was very like a cowboyish type of feel. But I, I didn't know what they were trying to do. You know, I didn't know it was going to be like this lone wolf and cub uh, type of series. You know, which now looking back on it, it fits it perfectly. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so those are the things I'm excited for. I mean, I I wonder what if they'll bring any of those characters back from the the last trilogy at all. It, well, I think all the actors yeah. said they were not interested in coming back, which I completely understand. You know, they're never like, interested until they freaking see that paycheck, though. Here's true forty million dollars. <laughs> yeah, true that. You're true gonna that. tell me? I mean, how many times has Harrison Ford said, "I'm done with this"? Yeah, you know, like know, right? you know, like and he came back weeks. for the last movie, dude. Like, it's like, come on, dude. Yeah, like, I was shocked when he, when I saw that part. Uh, Coach, Money talks. Could you want to go? I, I got a question for Joel then before we wrap up too. So okay, yeah. all right. For me, besides. Uh, Mandalorian 2, but I have two things. I really think on the big screen, you can do a kind of like sequel, but maybe the uh, the the Jedi Purge, you could do that movie with Vader and it would dominate. It really would. 
Well, the comics um, are so good about that too. Yes, they are. And they mm-hmm. could adapt that into the movie and add some, it doesn't have to be a series. You could do a one-off like um, Rogue One, which I loved, but I want to see Vader hunting down. And that last sequence in Rogue One, I think, so is good. pretty much unanimously agreed on is like one of the best scenes in all of Star Wars. And yep. that is literally like a, what, 45 second segment with Darth Vader. I mean, like, imagine a whole movie of that. I I, I would just go crazy for that. If we that finally got something. to see him at full power. And we yeah. didn't see that in the original trilogy. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Because for the most part, the Emperor doesn't care. Like because Vader has this obsession with Obi-Wan and wanting to find him and kill him. And Emperor in the comics and uh, the books says, bro, chill out. You know, don't worry about that. We have bigger things to do. But Vader can't can't keep from hunting down the Jedi and, and killing them, especially Obi-Wan, you know? So I want to see that. And if maybe in that Obi-Wan movie, I don't know how they could do it, but I don't know. We'll see. Or the, well, that's the series. why I have faith that a Vader movie is coming because right. of the Obi-Wan series. So good. So excited. Because but, imagine if you watch the series and then they announced a movie and Ewan McGregor's in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, you are, you're making tons of money. Now I am the master. That's the line, right? Yep. Now I am the master. <laughs> and then lastly is, uh, I think it's going to be a three-part series, but the next upcoming Jedi Fallen Order. Oh yeah, dude, that that ending, huh? That didn't, oh, wow. didn't see that coming, huh? No, did not. Yeah, did not. So, have and you played beautiful. that, Joel? Yeah, I uh, actually streamed the whole thing nonstop oh, on my channel. The last and... fifth of that game is so insane. It's so insane. Oh yeah. It, it, it was an awesome moment when I was watching it. I, I I got it the day it came out. I rented it on Redbox. And I started streaming. And I said, I am going to attempt to beat this before I have to take it back tomorrow. And I did. <laughs> oh, my God. And I just sat there and I played it and I streamed the whole thing, man. And That's tons awesome. of people went out and bought it because of it. it I am hoping. I am hoping that by the end of the year, somebody is um, – fixing all the 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 stability for it so that way right. we could get a, a smooth so that way on the new um hd twins that are going to come out you know um here in a few months that at some point we'll get a remastered version of that but no so that's what i'm that's what all i'm right. looking forward to before we wrap up joel i gotta know to, yes. from, a, from a director and a man who's in film production what did you think of the sequel trilogy <laughs> so, yes. it's a freaking loaded question yes <laughs> okay. you got five minutes buddy Make him okay, go. <laughs> so here it is man i like okay i'll try to explain i like force awakens a lot um i thought that was awesome i like i can't watch it and not get choked up when han dies like it's just impossible like it's True. just so well done um and then the last jedi oh gosh <laughs> I, I i i seen it in, in the theater once and i seen it with a bunch of friends we all go see every star wars movies together we've seen them all you know like and so like when i when we got done they were like yeah it was awesome and i was like but but was it like i was the only one and i was like have i lost the by way like am i have i fallen to the dark side because I'm, <laughs> I'm the only one that's not like as excited as everyone else here and and as time 
went by, you know, even like I remember a happy council gamer wrote me that night and he's like, dude, what do you think of last Jedi? He's like, you got to do a review. And so my review was kind of like to counter everything he said, <laughs> you know, and oh, he took yeah. that review down because he later changed his mind on everything, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, 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 you know, not that he like submitted to like the, the, the masses or anything, but, um, I think sometimes, you know, when a new star Wars movie gets out, we see it through these different goggles. That's know? how I was. That's how and I, was, I yeah. sure as heck didn't have those goggles on night one. And so, you know what? I'm going to give it a second chance. It comes on Netflix. I'll watch it. I couldn't even get through it the second time. I couldn't get through it. And so when I, when I go to, you know, when we go to episode nine, I, I, I look at it, I look at it like this, like, how do I explain this? Okay. I, I loved episode nine. I just want to put that out there, but yeah, I, I mean, I can't, I can't not think about how amazing it would be if, if JJ just had the whole trilogy from right. the beginning and Kathleen Kennedy didn't get her hands in it. And so I was like, I, I look at the last Jedi or I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Um, Rise of Skywalker in this, in this form. Like I, I, I look at it as a, I, I wanted to do something special for my wife. I wanted this, I wanted a portrait of a painted of, of my wife and I wanted to give it to her as a gift. So I went out and I, and I hired Ryan Johnson to paint this picture. And he, <laughs> he decided to take liberties and instead of paint, he used poop and he painted my wife in like poop. And it was like a stick figure and it was very not recognizable. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I only have one more day. I got to give this to my wife. Um, JJ, can you fix this painting? Sure, dude. And he puts color on it and he makes it look really good. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I can, I can get, I can live with this. I'll give this to her. And that's how I kind of uh, look at. Oh my God. There's that the clip on the best. There's the clip yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, and I like, that's, that's episode nine for me. Like, thank you, JJ for saving it. Cause I was done. Yeah, I think after here. the last day, I was like, this isn't my star Wars. You kids have fun with it. I'm out. Even yep. though my kids have Star Wars names, I'm out. Like you know, and I've had so many years invested. I'm out. Like that's it was a cover what up I was. tattoo. That's what it was. Oh yes, exactly. And then I was just, and then he restored. And I really, I mean, I know a lot of people complain about stuff, like stupid stuff, like how does she know how to heal and all this and that. I'm like, well, first of all, she was, she was trained with Leia, and it's, and they made it apparent that Leia. Uh, became more powerful than Luke because she put him to the ground and he, she had all the books. So she could have learned all that stuff. The sad thing is they just didn't have the time to say all that because they spent a bunch of time covering up the last painting that was poop, you know? <laughs> true. Um, yeah. True. So like, um, you know, and I, I mean, you know, there was a lot of things if I were, if I had directed and written, I'll just put this out there to the world. If I had written and directed uh, rise of Skywalker, I, cause there's so many Ray fans and people that wanted the trilogy to kind of continue. I would have, I would have had Ray turn to the dark side. Like you see her mm -hmm. for a moment, like she gets that evil dude. And then, and she's like, you know, with Kylo, but then she strikes down Leia and kills Leia in front of Kylo and something in him snaps. And he goes back to the good side. And the next three movies are him, Kylo, trying to destroy Rey. Because she oh, just yeah. over lost it. Oh, That's man. Right, there. right there's better than man. the trilogy we got. That's it. Right there, man. <laughs> and then you get another three movies and a ton of, mo a ton of money. So, like, yeah, you go. How, 
I would approach it, but I'm not like, I'm not disappointed. And like two, I would never have thought we could have got something redeemable. Right. That's how yeah. far last Jedi took me. And so to get what we got, like I sent out a tweet immediately walking out of the air. I was like, thank you, JJ. That's it. Yeah. And I think, and then, and I get like people yell at me all the time. Like, how can you love that piece of crap? I'm like, you guys don't know, you know, we should be happy. This is what we got. <laughs> it was the best it possibly could have been, I think. Exactly. Yeah. And it did. And there were some cool things they did that made it feel like, like when you get into the, you know, where the emperor's at and all and towards the end, you're like, man, I've, I've felt like I've seen this so much in expanded universe. So it's kind of cool to see that feeling, that, that land, that feeling in a movie, right. you know, um, things that, you know, and that, I don't know. So I could do five minutes is not enough time for a question <laughs> like that. But I hope you like that answer. Yeah, no, that's, that was a great answer. Yeah. The last shit I definitely broke, like all the rules of star Wars, in my opinion. Um, and it, it was irredeemable. I can't, I'm the same way as you like, like, um, I'm sorry. I know we're trying to wrap up. Um, so I'll make this quick, but when I left the theater after the last Jedi, all my friends were like you, they're like, what the hell was that crap? And I was like, no, this is great guys. This is great. It's amazing. And the more I thought about it, I was like, wait a second, something's not right about this movie. And I'm thinking, and I'm like, what did I actually like about it? Oh, the throne room scene. That's it. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's all I like about the movie. And even going back and watching that, I'm still like, that's a, that's a great scene. But that's it. That's the only part of the movie that, I, that I'm actually a fan of. And I'm like, well, this is a crap movie. And the, 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 the laws of Star Wars that it breaks, like hyperspace kamikaze attacks, I'm like, you, you can't do this and make have it make sense in the scope of the universe. It doesn't it breaks all the rules that that we, we've come to establish in that universe. So, yeah, and it's just unfortunate because now you're gonna have Lucas's Star Wars versus Disney's Star Wars. Right. You know, it's and it's gonna, gonna be go different. Away. I yeah. mean, um, I think if uh, um, Solo was released at Christmas, it would have had it would have fared better. Because I enjoy it. I, I liked I really Solo. do like Solo. Solo is a great movie. Yeah. Like, Especially that Easter egg at the end, huh? Yes. Yeah, so good. Big time. And then um, Rogue One was it, – it's one of my favorite Star Wars movies, Rogue One is. Um, so if – I don't know. If they cater to a certain thought and an agenda – then this is what we're going to get. But if they just go to straight storytelling, then we'll be okay. Right. Well, maybe maybe the three of us can have a, a Star Wars one-off show at some point in time. That'd well, be- definitely. Like maybe whenever there's like big news, because this summer they're supposed to be announcing a lot of Star Wars stuff. We could have Joel back on and we could all chit chat about what, what, what's going on. I love that. I just hope one day maybe I, have some part in the Star Wars universe. That be would amazing. be awesome. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my end goal. And I like, believe in you. And I'll be on this podcast. I'm like, I did it. <laughs> I, did it. I freaking <laughs> I Bob Rossed it. I did freaking paint it with poop. <laughs> there we go. That's the best. That's that, a, that was that was a great analogy, man. I can't yes. think of anything better. Because for a second, I thought you were like, okay, he's telling a true story. <laughs> oh, he's he's, he's going to get a painting for his wife. Oh, this is yeah. good. No, it's like. You want Bob said, Ross to paint the painting, but right. you know I, I couldn't afford Bob Ross. I had to afford Ryan Johnson. I don't know what the heck went down there, man. 
Anyway, boys, thanks for having me on. All this right, has been guys. a great show, man. I will love yes. to have you back again sometime. And having guests on are fun because we could just, you know, just talk and just let yeah. it go, you know. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, again, Joe, thank you for coming out. Um, where can they find you on on Twitter? Uh, there's my like film stuff is is run through uh, at Joel Valley, J O E L V A L L I E. And then, you know, uh, all video game related stuff is goes through Media Glitch Show um, or at Media Glitch Show. So and then we have, you know, Media Glitch has Facebook. We have YouTube, you know. Um, yeah, all that good stuff. And we'll be and, looking forward to new content as well on, on uh, Media Glitch for sure. Yeah. And I'm about to go into a TV show that just got put up on IMD probably like two, three days ago. Oh, I just finally nice. announce so I Congrats. can talk about it. It's called Behind the Yellow House. It's about nice. it's actually a real life story uh, about a call of witches. Uh, nice. A girl, a little, a little girl who was being groomed and trained to be like the high priestess of the next, uh-huh. you know, of this witch call. And uh, it's been uh, it's been a year of preparation, getting that ready. And we were right about to film, and then this happened. <laughs> so, um, so when do you think you're going to film? Like, as soon as it, I mean, we're already like locate, like they're all location scouting. Things are happening still, you know. Okay. So we just have more time to prepare. So that's not a, it's not really a bad thing. And as soon as this lifts, you know, uh, we'll be able to. Now that you know, Lions Gates put their kind of the restrictions on there as kind of, and and other companies have kind of built a template uh, to follow uh, of the guidelines that we have to adhere to uh, to to get the filming done now uh it's just the matter of the governor going all right guys you know you can have you know we would need at least you know 50 people uh on set so we can right. get it done so right. and yeah but now uh, i would say once that gets closer the bigger names are going to be dropped on who's in the series so nice all right we'll be looking forward to that all right so you can follow seth at seth s taylor you could follow Austin at Austin J. Eller, and you could follow me at 32-Bit Professor. And Austin is going to do his magic, and this will go up on Friday. Friday? Yep, Friday. On Friday. Always so, Friday. Until then, <laughs> Seth, take us home. All right. Uh, uh, what? Uh, what do you always say? Uh, well, guys, uh, it's been, it's been, oh, you say keep on gaming or something. I thought I was going to say, I'm getting there, man. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Sorry. sorry. All right, guys. Uh, well, until next time, remember, keep on gaming. Slash Star Warsing.